episode 316 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast that does not do its own research. Today, I am here to announce to you, the listener, a brand new program, Canada's Pinball Podcast Insider Program. That's right. For $30 a year, you too can join the Canada's Pinball Podcaster Insider Program. What do you get for your money? Well, you're going to get a t-shirt from Canada's Pinball Podcast. You're going to get access to everything Canada. You're going to get the opportunity to come over my apartment and wear one of my blazers to dinner with me. You also will get to ride shotgun in my demon. You also will get to clean my pinballs whenever I tell you to do it. What else do you get for Canada's Insider Program? Um, You'll get podcasts that don't get aired anywhere else but to those insiders. You also, I will let you know which bar I'm going to be at, and only Canada Pinball Insiders will get access to my locations at all time. All right? I think it's a good deal. I think you guys should sign up for it. Look, of course, we're making fun of Stern Pinball's new marketing initiative. These guys, these marketing guys, man, they are... They're really good. I mean, they're finding new ways to take your money and do stuff that they think they think is good marketing, but they're really not thinking a lot of this stuff through. But I also think the reaction to a lot of this stuff is an overreaction, and we're going to talk about both sides of this new Stern Pinball Insider Program, which they announced yesterday. So for those of you who don't know, Stern Pinball has announced that for $30 a year, you can join their insider program. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, let me tell you what they are listing you will get in the Stern Insider Program. And I'm, I, I, love, I love this. So it's all access, all access, not just a little access, not just some access, all access. So for $29.99 annually, Okay, because that's exactly where you're taking it if you pay for this. Um, You get the following. The first bullet is really interesting, or the second bullet. You get access to everything at Stern. Everything. What does that mean? Do Do I get to, if I've got to go to the bathroom, can I go to Stern and use the bathroom? If I need to borrow a pen, can I go into George Gomez's office and borrow a pen? Can I just stroll into the designer studio and see what they're working on? Everything. That's what they said. Everything. You get access to everything at Stern. I don't, is that a joke or, or are they being serious? Because that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I if I paid 30 bucks, I would show up to Stern and demand access to everything. You also get the Stern Insider All Access merchandise box, including exclusive t-shirt and more. What, 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 what's the more? It could be anything. There could be anything in this box. I mean, who knows? Could could be a, a brand new Monsters LE pinball. It, it, it could be the code to Ghostbusters. It, it could be anything. It could be a code update to KISS where we finally do something with the city callouts in the game. I don't, it could be anything in that box. Oh my God, I must sign up today for this thing. Uh, we saw what the t-shirt looks like. It's a white t-shirt with red piping on it and it and the guy wearing it looks really creepy and he's like standing awkwardly to the side looking to the side and there's this woman who has this look on his face like don't let this sexual predator near me even though we're wearing stern's all access t-shirt um i think they should say like you have to wear that crummy t-shirt to get all access to stern you also get early access to the newest games. What does that mean, early access to the newest games? Think about that for a minute because I work in in communications and somewhere over in the Stern marketing department, uh, we know it's like Zach, we know who runs Stern's marketing. Somewhere they thought that this communication is clear that what you get. So what does early access to uh, the newest games even mean? Does it mean they're gonna tell you what the games are before everyone else? Uh, Does it mean that you're going to have early access to buy the newest games? People have been speculating on that. That'd be interesting if Stern did it where only people who are insiders, uh, they get the first dibs at buying Stern LEs. The problem with that is you don't buy directly from Stern. So that really wouldn't work out. 
Um, only Batman Super LE was was uh, sold from Stern. If you do it this way, uh, they'd, they'd have to then allocate people to distributors. It wouldn't really work out that well. So you're going to get early access to new games. Uh, you're going to get... Here's what I think that means. And before I go on to the next thing, I think that means that Stern is going to have Jack Danger and other people, you know, they're either going to do like streams of playing the game first that they're going to give these people access to. Uh, maybe they're going to do podcasts in which people talk about the, the games. They're going to have their designers and their artists and people involved with the title. Uh, they can cr- they're going to create content that people who are insiders get first, okay? That's what I think they're going to do. This whole thing feels a little bit like a way... Uh, to put some money in the pocket of, of, of Jack Danger and the other people who are creating content for Stern. Uh, does that make sense or not? We'll talk a little bit about that. But that's what that I think that means. You also will get first dibs on limited edition merchandise and giveaways. Okay. What does that mean also? So you get first dibs at limited edition merch. Okay. So we're going to make 100 t-shirts and access your insiders get early access to this merchandise. I just want to say for the record, I do think it's smart that Stern is making merchandise around pinball and around their games and around Stern. These are things that uh, people want. People at pinball shows uh, love wearing pinball merchandise. It is something that the enthusiasts and the fan bases would love uh, to show and promote pinball through merchandise. So it makes total sense that Stern is finally waking up to this reality that they are leaving a lot of money on the table because it's really cheap to make t-shirts. There are no moving parts. There's no code updates required. They've got great artists like Zombie Yeti and Franchi who can draw stuff that looks good on a t-shirt. And that's great. Now, limit. We just why do they have to be limited edition? Why can't we just let people have shit? Everything has to always pretend to be limited edition in pinball. Uh, and then you also get first dibs on giveaways. I, I don't know what that means. Like I pay for this and then it enters me into a giveaway. Sure, whatever. You also get, it's almost like they gave the, the creative brief to Zach was like, hey, Zach, how many times can we use the word access in, in, in this whole thing? And the next bullet is you get access to Stern Insider only events around the world. Guys. This weekend in Thailand, a secret, highly coveted event is happening that only Stern Insiders will have access to. Meet Jody on the corner of blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to go in and play some monsters. I mean, what is, what is this? Access to Stern Insider-only events. We're now excluding people from pinball events. This sounds like another way to say, hey, we know the only people that are going to sign up for this boondago are part of Stern's army. And so here's a great way to make those Stern army events pay for play, right? Does it sound like they're doing something like that? Now you have to pay money to go to these events. Weren't we all about introducing more people to pinball and making pinball more accessible to people? Now we're creating barriers to entry. We're making it like you have to pay to play, all right? So look, that's what you get if you become a stern insider. Oh, man, I'm so tempted. I'm so tempted to just see what what my $30 gets me. Um, Look, it's like I I went to lunch yesterday in New York City. It was like 90 bucks for two people. So for one year to get all this great access and to be able to use Stern's bathrooms and get a crappy T-shirt, it seems like a bargain, doesn't it? Okay, let me play devil's advocate. You people buy $9,000 pinball machines without playing them, and you're crying about 30 bucks. Stop there for a minute. Insert Christopher Franchi moment of silence. I won't even insert the, the, the laugh track. You guys can hear it in your head. I mean, let's, let's be honest. You at least get a t-shirt. Look, at the, at the most, that t-shirt could be worth like 15 bucks. At the least, it could be a $5 t-shirt. So that really, at least you get something. And remember, there's more in that box. Who knows? You, you could buy that box and there could be like 100 bucks in cash. They, 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 could, they could reward us. They could pay us back for all the money they've been taking from us from all, for all these years. All these years, you guys have been buying $3,000 pins for $9,000. Maybe Stern is actually going to give you money back. 
How about this as a suggestion to the Stern marketing team? How about this? How about anybody that buys a Stern LE is automatically enrolled in the Stern Insider program? Because those individuals just spent $9,000 on a $3,000 game. Wouldn't that be awesome if, if they actually automatically enrolled you? How about this? How about it's retroactive? How about anyone who's bought a Stern LE in the past year or so or two years is automatically enrolled in the Insider Program? That'd be nice. Just reward your loyal customers and your fan base, okay? So look, I do think this is 30 bucks. It's whatever. I don't have I don't have a big issue with it. A lot of people are doing this. But here's the thing. You know, I see this stuff go on with like bands. I'm part of the Guns N' Roses night train club. And it's very similar. It's the same type of thing. It's almost like they looked at how bands and popular uh, fan clubs Op, you know, operationalize these kinds of loyalty programs. The, the difference is this. In, in Guns N' Roses, you do it because for one reason and one reason only, you get, you get access to pre-sale passwords. So when tickets go on sale, you can buy your tickets before anybody else. And that's why they do it. Now, uh, it's all a boondoggle because I realize that all these things, what you get is usually shit. And the pre-sale tickets even for most concerts nowadays aren't even better tickets. They, and, and it's like everyone who's the fan gets screwed over because they get you to buy all these pre-sale tickets. You think you're getting through the door early. You buy them up and then the major, uh, you know, the major sale happens and then better seats are available, but you've already locked yourself into the pre-sale tickets because you thought that that's what, all that was left and you get kind of screwed. So I don't even do that shit anymore. Um, so I, you know, I don't think you're going to get insider information. I don't think you're going to get this. I don't think you're going to get that. I, I think Stern is trying to, I do. I think they're just trying to help out probably Jack Danger, probably the people who are making content for them. And I think they're trying to create a little bit of scarcity around their merchandise. So here's a Zombie Yeti t-shirt. We're only going to make a hundred of these. Buy them now and, and they'll keep selling them. But the problem is Zombie Yeti can make them 50 t-shirts. I mean, look at all the awesome posters he creates. It's really easy for him to just make a lot of different stuff for Stern and, and make you feel like you're special for getting it. I mean, that's just what Stern does so successfully is they've convinced a lot of you out there that you're special because you got access to either an LE pin or something that's limited or you got invited to a Stern party or you're part of this. And that is what they're trying to sell you, this feeling of you're part of a more special version of the, the fan base. And I'm here to tell you right now on Canada's Pinball Podcast, it's not true. We all know that this stuff is all just marketing spin. If there is information that is early access to anything going on in pinball, you know you'll hear about it. You'll probably hear about it first on this podcast, and you'll probably hear about it on the forum. How are they going to tell one person early information and that information is not going to spread for free? And I think this is also like a little bit indicative of Stern sort of operates in a world where they try to pretend the internet doesn't exist. They try to pretend that Pinside doesn't exist. They try to pretend that podcasts like this don't exist. And in doing so, they're really trying to control... Uh, the, the fan base and the community in this weird way that is very out of touch with social media. It's very out of touch with how companies and fan bases unite. I mean, remember, we have the number one pinball company in the world isn't even a part of the number one pinball forum in the world. The number one pinball company in the world refuses to go on the number one pinball podcast in the world. Okay, I'm going to keep, I, I could keep saying that until we either win or lose in, in March. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like they, why don't they just give you videos? And I saw George Gomez doing a walkthrough video of the Stern Factory, and that's what they should do more of. But here's the thing, you shouldn't have to pay. You shouldn't have to pay to see them give you interviews about their games. You shouldn't have to pay to, to get a walkthrough of what's going on at Stern Pinball. You know why you shouldn't have to pay? Because you already paid the piper. You've bought these super expensive games that are selling for two to three times what it costs them to make. Stern needs to just give you guys this kind of access without charging more. And that's where I'm, that's where I'm at with it. And because here's why the only people that give a shit about this stuff, the only people that care 
are the fans, the diehard enthusiast fanboys like you and I. And we're also we're also too smart, I hope we're too smart, to see through this kind of shit, to realize that you don't have to pay to get this kind of info because if you're in the smaller circle of the pinball community, you hear about the things and you see the things uh, without having to pay for it. And so here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I just want to let you guys know that there's good news. Canada's Pinball Podcast Insider Program has just had a change of heart. I am now going to make my Insider Program free to all of you. You don't have to pay anything. It's completely free. You don't have to donate to Patreon. You don't have to follow me on Facebook. You don't have to watch my Twitch streams that don't exist. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is lend me your ears and I will give you early access to stern insider information. How does that sound? Does that sound good? All right. Now, how do I want to do this? What I'm going to do on the next few episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast, I am going to give you early access to what is going on at Stern Pinball. And I have received some emails that have said some things that I haven't reported. I've done some research. You know, I listened to Marty. I did some research. I went I went and did my own research. Uh, I also, you know, I listen. And I know Stern, I know what they do. I know that they leak titles out there. They try to they leak titles to try to see who's talking about them. But I'm here to tell you that Canada's Pinball Podcast is going to pull back the layers on what is happening at Stern Pinball in 2019. And I can just see Zach and George maybe squirming just a little bit. But this is it. it you know why? Because it doesn't matter. It's pinball. And I think you guys are going to be excited by some stuff you hear. I think you guys are going to be a little bit anxious about some stuff you hear. But you're going to hear it for free. And then what's going to happen is this. Stern Pinball is going to realize that putting up barriers between them and the pinball community is not a good thing. And they're going to realize that avoiding Canada's Pinball Podcast is probably not the best thing either. That they should come on and be a little bit more friendly and be a little bit more uh, uh, you know, cordial with me. And then things would be better. And like, things are not bad. But I'm just saying, I've got information. It's going to be very interesting for you to hear. Let's start off with one little one. This is just like a little one that's just not, it's not, I don't think it's a big deal, but I, I, I will, I pretty much, I think I will guarantee this and maybe they will have to go scramble to make the game quickly this year to prove me wrong. But I'm here to tell you right now on Canada's Pinball Podcast, we're going to start with a, we're going to, um, we're going to confirm a title that's not coming out in 2019. You will not see in 2019 a James Bond pinball machine. That is not happening. Okay, so for those of you out there who think that James Bond Pinball is one of the rumored titles to be a stern game in 2019, you are not going to get James Bond. I actually think that's a good thing. I don't want a James Bond Pinball machine, but we've been hearing that title rumored back and forth. I even had like Neil McRae over in the UK be like, I've, I've, I've heard from my distributor that James Bond is definitely happening. I don't think you're going to see James Bond in 2019. Okay, now that's the first thing I'm going to reveal in the Canada Insider program. Uh, look out for more stuff coming very soon. And again, and again, this is this is great because I I just you get it for free. You don't have to pay for any of it. And I can just hear Jeff hitting me up, be like, "How how reliable is that source?" That uh, <laughs> I love Jeff at this week in pinball because he like he hears stuff on the show. And he wants to write about it because on his his site, I mean, his stuff is pretty much confirmed. He also can just, you know, have a little bit of a rumor mill. Uh, but I love it because he's always like trying to, I, you know, like I know what I know because of what I know. And I know how, how confident I am in these rumors. And I want to tell you, I wouldn't tell you something unless I felt very confident about it. And I'm also here to tell you some of the stuff you're going to hear, though, is even more like completely accurate. And, and Stern's going to, uh, I love it. I love it because this is how it should be. I love it. Anyway, all right, let's talk about Monsters LE. A second one was unboxed today. A second one was unboxed. And it is now confirmed that the lockdown bar, the armor on it, does not match the side rails for $9,000. And this is what you're going to get. And I just want to say this. 
and again, this is nothing against Stern. It's nothing against, well, maybe it is a little bit. I have to, I have to just say that this is ridiculous. $9,000. And I, and I understand that they have a bomb to stick to. I understand that they have costs that they need to meet. I understand that they get us the most pinball machines with the best licenses. I understand all of it. I understand how many people there are very passionate about pinball. I understand why they're number one. But for $9,000, you deserve to have a lockdown bar that matches the the armor on the side rails. It, it, it's that simple. And I don't think I've seen a Stern game that's come out in the last, I don't know, maybe forever where that has not been the case. And why not? It is simply yeah, just doesn't work, you know? And, and so what are you going to do about it? You know, there's only one thing you can do about it. If you're in on a Monsters LE, you cancel your order until they make it right, or you demand that they fix that. But why would you want to have a lockdown bar that doesn't match the side rails? And the LEs are always supposed to be the most beautiful versions of the game. And I just think it is absolutely ridiculous that if a customer now wants their game to look proper, because that's, you know, this isn't me. I did not create the proper way in which a pinball machine should look, but we all agree that the, the armor needs to match up or it just doesn't look right. And now you have three different colors going on on the Munsters LE because the lockdown bar does not match the side rails, does not match the legs. Remember, the legs are a different color. They're like gold. So you have three different things happening. And last time I checked, people love their all their things to sync up in terms of the legs, the lockdown bar, and the side rails, and the hinges. And so I, 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 is, it, is it a cost-cutting measure? I don't know why they're doing it this way. It just feels... Like, I wouldn't accept that for nine grand. And I also don't think it's fair that the customer who wants their game to look like it's all one cohesive package, they now have to go pay extra money out of their own pocket to fix that. And, and that's, that's that. That's that. I, I, I know it's not a big thing. It has nothing to do with gameplay. It has nothing to do with the code. It has nothing to do with anything other than a small little detail. But let me tell you, the devil is in the details. And when you spend $9,000 on a pinball machine, you're spending that money because of the details. Listen to me, Stern Marketing. Because of the details, you are getting nothing more than art and details. That is That has always been what the difference has been between a premium and the LE. It's the details. So you can't fuck up the details on the LE. It should be the other way around. The details should go above and beyond, all right? So let's see if they fix it. It's not too late, but now what do you do now? They've got 500 on the line. We know it probably is too late because once they get a machine on the line, they're cranking out like 30, 40, 50 a day, and someone ordered 600 lockdown bars that don't match the side rails, what will Stern do? Will they make you whole? Will they solve the problem? I can just see them now being like, what the fuck? Who did this? But they won't even make a comment on it. I wouldn't accept it. If I were you, I would hit them up and be like, why doesn't this match? What happened? What happened? Anyway, all right. Anything else going on in pinball? Huh? The guy who did the Todd Tucky book deal, he's back. He just jumped back into that form and is just slaying mud at people. Unbelievable. He just went after like crazy Levy. He just started attacking him and like showed the video that Levy had from his like his his pinball place in New York City. I mean, I don't know, man. People are asking this guy to be banned. I don't know. It's kind of entertaining. Uh, he's got a lot of vitriol. I don't know why he's still why he's still like going at it. Didn't we see on this week in pinball too that he's claiming he's going to make a pinball machine now? Sure. Sure you are. People, people announce they're going to make pinball machines like they're walking across the street. Like, I'm, I'm going to make this light. I'm going to make it. Watch this. I'm going to make this pinball machine. Watch me. And, and, and we all know what happens after that. Uh, all right. What else is going on? So, well, at least, look, the good news is Monsters LE is shipping. So you're going to get yours soon. Uh, we'll see what the lockdown bars are like on them. I, I can't wait. 
And you know what? Here's the thing too. It's it's going to be the thing that everyone talks about. It, it and that's where that's the thing about pinball. It doesn't matter if it, it, we all know that if you open up your new inbox and there's something off, it will distract from you enjoying it. All right. Okay. What else is going on at Stern? So nothing else. Um, let me just say this. I know it's coming next, and we're going to talk about it real soon on this pinball podcast. I, I can't wait. I see all the other pinball podcasters out there getting their research down, trying to figure out what does Canada know about Stern's next game that we don't know? Where, where did he find out this information? Who emailed him and gave him some scoop? Why aren't they emailing me? Um, I don't know. We'll see. I love all you pinball podcasters out there, by the way. I mean, I know I talked a little bit about, uh, you know, Jeff and Marty, Jeff Thielis, and, and what they said about the, the Twippies. Look, everyone. We're going to have fun at the Twippies, man. Everyone's going to have fun. I hope I can make it there. I've got a personal conflict that I'm trying to figure out. Uh, it's, it's, let's just all have fun. The whole point of the show, the whole point of, of, of the Twippies is to have a lot of fun, to have some drinks, to celebrate all the good stuff going on in pinball, all the good games, all the good personalities. And I'll say this, I'm having fun. I'm having fun doing this show. I didn't let that the haters like get us down. I know Jeff is having fun. I know Jack Danger's having fun. You know, I, I know Greg is having fun. I know Jeff at uh, this week in pinball is having fun. You know, at the end of the day, the people who are entertaining, the people, the reason why we're entertaining, I think we entertain ourselves and we enjoy what we do. We're not going to let the haters and the people who are jealous and the people who, who are, are like spiteful of us, that get salty on us. We're not going to let us get us down because we get, here's the thing, we get to wake up every day and be ourselves and we take ourselves to the content we create for you and we're glad you enjoy it we glad you love listening to it watching it we love doing it i talk to these guys all the time and i'm telling you i love them they're they're like my pinball brothers and we don't let this shit get to us we sort of sit back and laugh because at the end of the day whether or not we win a twippy or lose a twippy we're still ourselves and we love that we get to create what we feel is the most entertaining pinball content for you to enjoy. And no one can take that from us. They can't take it from us. They, you, you can't complain about it's being rigged or this or that or it's not fair. It, I know it's not fair that Canada is Canada. It's not fair that maybe you're not as entertaining as me. That's, life ain't fair. Yeah, I don't have to tell you. This is how I was raised. I, I was raised by parents who let me watch the WWE. They w let me watch Karate Kid. I feel like I let I learned how to deal with life from like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Von Damme. You know, I'm like, you got to solve a problem in life. Like solve it like Von Damme would. Like do a split above a doorway and come crashing down on a guy like in Cyborg. Yeah, like fuck yeah. Like in my head, I'm always like, you know, it was lies. All of it. The cabinet minister. He, Jim Hopper wasn't killed. He was skinned alive. Can't just make this shit up. It's just floating around my head all day long. All right, what else is going on in pinball? Jersey Jack. So I got some Jersey Jack news for you guys. Here's the latest on Jersey Jack. I'm hearing that I might have been a little bit off on the release schedule. Now, here's what I'm hearing. And again, take this with a grain of salt. Wonka is definitely next after the Yellow Brick Road edition at TPF. That is definitely happening. Now I am hearing... That Toy Story is going to be held to 2020 to coincide with the Blu-ray DVD release of Toy Story 4. So apparently, what are they trying to get like a little pamphlet into the DVDs? Who the fuck buys DVDs anymore? Can, I, can we just for a moment, let's say they're holding it for that reason. Who the fuck buys the DVD? So if they're planning to put like a little, you know, insert inside the DVD that has the pinball machine, guess what? Stupid. Everyone streams and downloads now. Wake up. That's not how you promote the game. It would make much more sense. There's much more news conversation when something hits the theater, right? All the buzz and all the conversation happens when a movie comes out. Not when, when it's available on, on Netflix or when it's available for to download, like, who gives a shit? Like, so if they're holding it for that reason, I wouldn't necessarily do that. Uh, so then I'm hearing that it's going to go Wonka and then Guns and Effin' Roses is next and then Toy Story. So it's the titles are always the same. Uh, Toy Story and, and Wonka, uh, you know, those are the ones that we thought were going to be one. You know, those are the next two Lawlers, Wonka first and Toy Story. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm still in the Pirates thread. I'm waiting to go play Pirates. I'm still, I, I'll say this though, I'm in the Pirates thread. 
and and they're they're it's just still a troubleshooting thread and i this this is the problem with the game i like okay remove the whole fact of like the theme and whether people like it the fact that the game has a lot of mechanical issues is a problem and it how can you not be scared opening up that thread that you're not going to have to like remove something and start soldering something and i'm sorry but that that turns a lot of people off uh and i want to say this a lot of people have been saying you know chris i'm glad you finally realized that we're not all millionaires who buy pinball and i agree like i'm changing my tune on that i my eyes have been opened and, and which makes it even more, more important that these companies deliver to you for you gentlemen out there who, who aren't like this is a big purchase. Like this is a really big investment for a lot of people out there. And that's why it's more important that you get your value, that the quality is there, that the manufacturer stands behind their items, that you don't have to spend $9,000 and start ripping a game apart whether it's to put cliffy protectors in, whether it's to fix wires that broke that should not have been broken. Uh, a game should come from the factory pretty bulletproof. You deserve that for how much money you're spending on these machines. And if it means a company needs to put a game on location now for two to three months to catch all the kinks, then they should do that. There's no reason why Pirates of the Caribbean that had an extra year to get the development right, there's no reason why the, the the wires should be breaking on on the on the on the ship that rocks back and forth right away on people like wh where was the testing on this game and why should you be the guinea pig they had a full year to get it right that's all i'm saying just get the shit right because the last thing i want to do is see people who were so excited and then they have to like tear the game apart and they have to worry now that the game's you know what's going to break next and what switch is going to stop working and how do i do this and that's not fun Pinball sucks when just one thing goes down, all right? All right, well, look, to onward and upward to, to bigger and better things at Jersey Jack Pinball. So there's a thread about why are like Monster Bash, Attack from Mars, and Medieval Madness always ranked in the top three? And it was a discussion about Baldi's Williams games versus modern games. And, and, and look, we all know that pinball is subjective. Not everyone is going to love everything that comes out in the pinball world. Uh, I, I just want to summarize what I what I think people are saying is what made Bally Williams games so special and what's missing a little bit or a lot of it from today's games is the layouts were so unique. They were so creative. Not every game looked the same. The experience of playing those games uh, always gave you something fresh. We talked a lot about fresh thinking when we talked about the Munsters and how, you know, there just doesn't seem to feel like there's that much fresh thinking going on in pinball. The fresh thinking now is more of the artwork and the code versus the layout and the mechanisms. Hard to deny that's not where we're at in pinball. Uh, it also, there was a lot more personality in those games. And those games did not rely on LCD. They didn't rely on tons and tons of code. But the personality of those games made them really fun. The callouts, I mean, you hear this all the time. Compare the callouts in Attack from Mars to any stern callouts today. Just compare that. Compare those callouts to Dialed In. And Dialed In, a game that came very close, but just doesn't have the personality of a Bally Williams game. It, it sort of, it was kind of lame, the callouts. And, and, and that, I think, made that game. Uh, that was the biggest weakness in that game was the callouts themselves. And so, you know, a pinball experience is a pinball experience is a pinball experience. And I think there was just a lot of stuff that went really, you know, that, that just really excited people in the Bally Williams era games. And here's the thing, too. I think when people played Bally Williams games back in the day, they didn't they didn't have like deep, deep, deep code rule set games to even compare or feel like they're missing. And I think they just enjoyed the games for what they were and i think those games succeeded in pulling people into an experience and i think the game designers back then understood how to bring people into the experience i think much better than they do today because i think today these guys are completely baffled on who they're actually trying to build these games for is it the tournament player is it the home collector that never turns it on that just wants it to look sexy um, is it the person that wants to see the pinball do magical things? I don't know. You know, sometimes I look at these games and they feel like they're, they're, they're they don't really succeed at, at any of those things. They're like, it, everything's like a compromise and you, you get good games, 
But are these great games? Are these games going to be considered classics in 10 years the way those games are? And and we'll see. You know, time will tell. Time will tell on that. All right, someone sent me in uh, an audio file. I want to play that for you now. Then I got to run and get to work because I'm, I'm super busy with a new business pitch. But let me play this for you right now. Hey, Chris, Cam here. You put out episodes last week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Back here again on Sunday talking about Munsters. Hey, thank you for all the content. I've been supporting you on Patreon for several months. And uh, I also, Jeff, at This Week in Pinball, because you guys put a lot of time and effort into it. I get a lot of news from Jeff. I get opinions from you. Really enjoy it. Pirates of the Caribbean. It's the I, When you described it as a visceral experience, you were right on. It is a game that I really want to enjoy playing. And there's a lot of things that I love about it. I like a lot of the mechanics are cool. It looks great, sounds great. The theme I'm met on, um, I don't hate it, I don't love it, but what I really don't like about it is when the ball disappears coming around to the upper flipper. I like Iron Maiden, how you can just keep looping it in a couple of different ways because you can see the ball and you can time it. I just can't stand on Pirates of the Caribbean that you can't time the upper flipper. Drives me nuts. Last point. I disagree a little bit on the youth and pinball. In our arcades out here in the Puget Sound area, I'm seeing a lot of youth playing. And when I was growing up, and I'm right in that sweet spot in the 40 to 60 range, I'm looking for a game. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. I'm holding out. But... You know, I grew up playing some pinball, not a lot, and I grew up on all the arcade games. And I am seeing kids playing some pinball in the arcades as well as arcade games. So I see them potentially being purchasers, not out of college, but when they too get into the 40 to 60 range. All right, man, keep up the good work. All right, so will these kids today, 20 years from now, when they have 20 to 30 years from now, when they have disposable income, are they going to go buy pinball machines? Well, let's. here's the thing, though, man. In 30 years, who the hell is going to be making new inbox pinball? It will not be available. Uh, it, it might be funny, too, if these kids, you know, when they're old men, they're like, oh, I remember when I was a kid, I played that really great game. Uh, what was it? W-W-E-L-E. Oh, yeah, that was part of my youth. <laughs> you know? Look, kids are not gravitating towards this. Go, here's the thing. If you went... As much as you see a few kids slapping on some pinball machines, go to a League of Legends tournament and 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 look at it. It fills out Madison Square Garden. You know, go to uh, an E3. Go to any place where like modern day video games, a Fortnite tournament, and go see the level of enthusiasm and passion. The reason why kids jump on pinball machines in arcades is because there's not much else there to do, you know? It's it's a distraction from the other arcade games. But look, I, I hope kids enjoy pinball. I think pinball is enjoyable. I just don't think it is going to have, like, a future based on young kids growing up and, and creating a demand for it. Look, when we grew up, there, there were hundreds of thousands of places to play pinball and arcade machines around the country and the world arcades were everywhere pinball machines were everywhere i mean it was it was a thing and we went out for entertainment the roller rinks the bodegas the arcades everywhere hot dog joints pizza parlors everything had arcades and pinball in it and that's how we grew up it was an amazing era i loved it it'll never happen again sorry everyone's like plugged into their phones and on the internet and not really caring about these old toys now for pirates i do agree the ball disappears a lot in the game when you're up in that upper right section, because it goes underneath that big ship. That is the downside of sometimes having upper play fields and having a lot of stuff that covers your line of sight in pinball. Sometimes it can make it frustrating. Uh, one of the games that's coming out soon that people are just starting to get, wait till people who play Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle more, wait till they see how much the ball disappears in that game because of that really cool looking castle but it also does start to like block most of the ball's pathway for the for the player, and 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 again, I think that does make it a little bit frustrating. So, uh, pirates, 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 pirates. It's the game we all want to love, matey, but we just can't seem to fall in love with it. But I have, I don't know why I'm doing that. We have someone coming to show me why I should consider it to be so special. 
And I did. I did hyper record episodes. You're not going to see that again. I think I was just like excited to talk a lot about pinball and I went a little crazy. So don't worry. I'm going to give you guys more um, more time between shows to to recognize this greatness. All right. I got an email. Let's see from Bill G from PA. He said Munster's LEs becoming available. He said, I'm noticing Munster LEs becoming available to purchase. Customers must be backing out after playing the pro thanks for providing great commentary and opinions i voted for you for best podcast yay and i'm a jersey jack pirates owner no no uh, let's see no like feelings here no just feelings here um frankly i'm trying to understand what you see in batman 66 Uh, but they are only opinions and most adults should understand that your opinion doesn't alter mine or vice versa, but being open-minded is important. Bill from PA. Bill, well, thank you so much. And yes, I did notice that Munster's LEs are coming up for sale, which does make the additional 100 Munster's LEs they added, I think, a little premature on Stern's part. They should have allowed there to be more demand than supply. It seems like I do agree that after playing the pro, People are probably asking themselves, well, how much can a lower playfield actually change this experience? And is it worth nine grand? And who knows? Maybe some people are, you know, the lockdown bar was the final straw for them. Uh, I also think, too, Stern's, Stern's, uh, Stern hasn't got the games out as fast as they normally do here. And I think that what's happening is when you run into an LE purchase, a lot of times you're sort of, your games are shipping to you Uh, sort of similar time period to the pros going out. But I think the gap here where more and more people were able to play the game has created more and more hesitation that buying the $9,000 version is the right thing to do. And I think that's why people are starting to maybe hear some of the, I don't want to say controversy, but some of the opinions about the game. I think people have basically, if, if I was in on the game and I had never played it, I would be anxious because this game is not being universally applauded for being like a great pinball game people are saying you might not like it it's maybe too easy it's not that original there's not that much fresh thinking in the design and layout and and what happens in the game and so i think that has some people probably a little bit nervous but we all know this is how every new pinball machine comes out Uh, you get people who rush to buy without playing and does anyone feel really bad for people who buy an LE and then don't like it? I don't. I, but, you know, I just saw a Star Wars LE is selling for 7500 bucks, And that was once 9000 So if you're cool with losing $1,000 or 1500 bucks because you want something early, that's, that's on you. All right. I got an email from Dan. Uh, Stern Insider All Access. Looks like Stern might be listening to your advice, letting us in the store stories and people involved in the development Stern pins. This is the video I was talking about. So George Gomez ha- created a video giving people access behind the doors at Stern. Look, I hope they do it more. I hope they don't charge us to, to be uh, more connected to the company. I hope that, but they, you know, look, they're, they're going to try and make a buck off of us. All right, I got an email. It says, Pirates of the Caribbean comment. This is from, let's see, there's no name here. Topple69 uh, email, BB. Canada. Uh, Pinsider, oh, so it is a name. Pinsider Delt31 here. Just started listening to your podcast and I really enjoy it. You do a great job, which I've stated on the forums. First of all, Delt, I have seen that and I am glad and thankful that you have said you like my show because sometimes it's unpopular to say you listen to my show and then people just give you a thumbs down. He then writes, here's the one thing that I don't understand. Jersey Jack, Pinball, Pirates of the Caribbean. I was going to offer explaining the game because it really is straightforward, but you need to own it or play a lot of it. I am an owner. The latest podcast, you talked about how because the assets aren't in, it holds it back from being amazing. You give examples of people loving the movie, then saying how they would cease to see Captain Jack Sparrow. What about this, though? I don't like Pirates of the Caribbean very much, but I do love a Pirates theme. For someone like me, if I had to see Captain Jack all the time, it would be on its way out because it would bother the hell out of me. In my case, it would actually hurt the game. 
here's the thing you're missing. You can make a world underground built on the theme alone, and in this case, being a pirate theme, it doesn't need to be Disney, Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates to complete that theme. As for going up in value, very simple. It will definitely go up, assuming JJP doesn't say it's going to build uh, any more officially going forward. People don't even know the game is going out of production because it's so new. Once they message, well, sorry, once they message, okay, once the message really resonates. See, first of all, people, I can read. People make spelling mistakes in their emails, and I'm reading it in real time. Once the message resonates, watch the game stay as is instead of usually JJP dropping or go up. Keep up the good work. All right, Delt. So here's the deal, man. Look, I get what you're saying, but you have to understand how asinine was it that Jersey Jack Pinball paid all this money to get Pirates of the Caribbean, a Disney property, and then not have access to the right assets for the game. They paid all that money. So that money goes into the bomb of the game. And then what you're saying is it's a great pirate theme game and that's why it's awesome. If it was more of a Pirates of the Caribbean game, I wouldn't have liked it. Do you understand? I look at that as kind of like how inane is it that they did that to you and to me? Why would they make a game based on a theme where they really can't connect to the theme the right way? And then why would they make a game that is a theme that a generic theme of pirates would have worked really well. Why don't they just do that then? Just make a generic pirate game where we don't have to like try to get as close to a movie that nobody really liked. You see what I'm saying? It's like, it's the, it's the dumbest, this game to me on a marketing level created the dumbest tug of war in terms of the demand from consumers. Because if you hated the franchise, you're just, you're just not going to want it. And then people who like the game have to try to convince people, well, well, it's not really a Pirates of the Caribbean game. It's just a really good pirate game that just so happens to have a few Pirates of the Caribbean stuff on it. But really, it's not. You see how dumb that is? It's like, why would they do that? And it creates, I think it creates a lack of enthusiasm to own it. And I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, as great as Pirates seems right now to people, uh, and again, I think all Jersey Jack pinball machines are great in their own way, in certain ways, but they all missed the mark in terms of being like truly like desirable. I think when people see what comes from Willy Wonka, I do think it's going to put Pirates of the Caribbean in its place. And I don't think people are going to be like, oh, I really want to get a Pirates, or I really want to, I hope they go back into production. No. Let me tell you something. They're going to be so busy delivering people Guns N' Roses, Toy Story, and Willy Wonka's over the next like 18 months, nobody's going to be like, well, Pirates is the one I wish I had. And I'm glad those of you who have it enjoy it, but I'm not missing the point. This thing is a marketing, it's, it's a Frankenstein game. It's a game that doesn't really want to be what it's supposed to be. It succeeds in be, being something that it, it, else, and that's weird and confusing to consumers, right? And I get it. Why, why didn't they just make it something else then? If they knew they didn't have enough assets. And, and, and I do think it detracts. Because I'm sorry, but Pirates of the Caribbean, the movie, everyone liked the first movie. All the humor from Captain Jack Sparrow, like none of that is in there. And so I get it. It's much more of an atmospheric piratey game. It's not so much of like the whimsical humor of, of the movies. But then why did you make it based on that? Does, is that fair? Is that a fair assessment? All right, let me, let me, let me see if there's any more emails. But Delt, first of all, thanks so much, brother. I always, I always see when you give my show a shout out, and it always makes me feel, feel pretty good. All right, what else is going on here in pinball? I'm looking, looking. I CEO Dave hit me back, and we're going to continue our SWAT analysis sometime soon. Uh, so look for that. I got an email from Anthony Peters, and he said, "Hey, Chris." The pinhead millionaire fallacy. I've been yelling at the wheel for a while now. Every time you say all pinball collectors are multi-millionaires, I can tell you that 95% of all collectors here in Canberra are just average people on medium high salaries to whom prices do count. I don't know where that is. Um, so I'm glad the misrepresentation has finally been fixed thanks to your previous guest on the show. However, you still seem to be completely missing the consequences of that. I think people don't buy Jersey Jack Pirates simply because they're so much more expensive. Um, 
here in Australia. Okay, he's in Australia. So a new Stern Pro in Australia is $8,800. A new Jersey Jack pinball standard in Australia is $12,000. Buying an eight grand toy is already kind of a sacrifice for most of us. So imagine 12 grand, simply unjustifiable, no matter how much more stuff and quality there is in it. Plus, another consequence of this price difference is that looking at the market here, it's clear that Jersey Jack tend to lose value more easily over time. In other words, Jersey Jack pinball secondhand machines seem to naturally realign to stern prices over time. So yeah, it's not the lack of original content or that people don't like the theme or that mechs were removed or that they're waiting for Wonka. It's just that the machines are so freaking expensive, or at least that's what I think. On a separate note, speaking of Canberra, you may want to mention the Australian Championship Finals that just happened here over the weekend on your next podcast was massive. The entire Aussie scene was here, including the head-to-head guys. Anyway, great show. Keep it up, Anthony. All right, well, look, I'm glad the Aussie tournament was massive. I don't care. I'm glad you guys had fun. Uh, look, look, the games are super expensive in Australia, and I think that does deter people from buying them. I think people who buy games in Australia are kind of bonkers. The, how much more they spend on a game is insane. I feel like a Stern LE is like $15,000 over there. Absolutely nuts. I don't know what you guys do to make all that money, but you're right. I think the Aussie community, um, or Aussie, it's more about... I would just find good deals and enjoy pinball that way. And and I'm not I'm not sure, but it seems like a lot of you guys are close to each other. Like, why not just you join forces and and share in, in in these games and and not all have to own them individually? It seems really expensive. Uh, but look, games are expensive. We know this. They're expensive in Australia more than in America. All my my whole takeaway is this: Are you getting what you pay for? There are a lot of amazing games you can get that are not part of the new-in-box hype bullshit that everyone falls victim to, and I would just look there. All right, everyone, this is episode 316 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to be back with some stern insider information. Uh, It's going to be good stuff. You're going to hear a lot of what's going on in the pinball hobby for free. I'm not going to charge you. I'm not going to make you wear my T-shirt. I'm just going to give you what's coming on or sorry, coming down the pipeline in 2019 uh, from Stern Pinball and other manufacturers. As I hear it first, you will hear it too. And then we can watch the companies all squirm when we confirm like Oktoberfest is definitely the next title for American Pinball. And then it happens. We're usually right more than we're wrong. And if you listen to the show, you know that. So everyone have a great day. I want to be real.